Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the Words, Women, and Wisdom radio show, streaming live from BBS Radio in California and syndicating to over 100 stations globally, including iHeart and iTunes. I'm your host, Yvonne E.L. Silver, executive coach and working with women entrepreneurs seeking to flourish. And if we haven't met before, um, today, I'm going to be introducing in just a moment my beautiful guest, Leslie. I interview women who have typically risen from tragedy to triumph and are now out in the world doing amazing work, interesting work, work that has some depth. And for today's show on Valentine's Day, I wanted to really focus on this topic of calling in your soulmate for everlasting love. So, Leslie... Welcome. So happy that you could join me. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. You're welcome. So Leslie Zemanek is a coach, a hand analyst, a storyteller, and by our own definition, a, a poodle mama. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a really interesting conversation. So for three decades, Leslie has been decoding the life story of others in their fingerprints and hands. So fascinating, helping them to break through their blocks and write their own happy endings. And after her own hero's journey, I'll let her share that story, um, ending lifelong patterns herself of wrong choices and writing her own happy ending and attracting by calling in her perfect soulmate. So we're going to talk about how to do that today. Now making it her mission to teach others who are ready to do that deep work that is so necessary first, how to fall madly in love with who you are so that you can call in your soulmate and true love to find healthy and everlasting love. So glad to have you here, Leslie. So tell me a little bit about how this got started, especially this work of, of fingerprint and analysis and yeah, being a hand analyst, how does that come about? Well, I uh, learned this system from the gentleman who came up with it. I met him at an event where he was promoting his school. And when I spoke with him and learned what it was, I had one of those moments where you just go, oh, no, I have to do this. I had never heard of it before, um, but it just was just visceral the reaction I had to it and I did everything I could to study with him um it was we were back in it was back in California and I would take a ferry across the San Francisco Bay <laughs> to go for my lessons and I it's I haven't looked back it's just been this amazing journey um using people's hands and fingerprints to help them understand who they are uh, the system is based partly on metaphysics and partly on neuroscience. Wow. Fascinating. And I think, um, you know, we spoke a little bit earlier about, um, you know, some of the science around this. And if we think about, you know, Carl Jung's work and, you know, some of those classic elements, you're bringing this to life through this work as a neuroscience and physics. So can you share a little bit more about how it works? I know that there's some videos I can send people to afterwards, but I want to hear it from you directly. What is it that's so fascinating about it? Well, um, so there's two parts to it. There's the fingerprints, which are unchangeable. Uh, they're complete when you're after you've uh, 16 weeks after you've been conceived. And I believe that's before 16 weeks. And that's about the same time the brain is forming. And I believe that's before gender is even determined. Wow. So there's always been a, a connection between the hands and the brain. Uh, there are actually studies that show we get more information through our hands than through our eyes and ears combined. But the, the fingerprints being the unchangeable part, I like to think about them as nature. And then the lines in your hands will change all your life. That's the plastic part of our brains which, you know, we change because we learn something, we have an experience, we change a belief. And those, um, those the nurture. So you've got the nature and the nurture. Mm, so the nature, yeah, the nature is the stuff that you come in, like, you know, when people say, oh, you're just a natural at that, you don't even have to learn it. Right. Interesting. 
So you've had your own journey. Uh, you're calling your own hero's journey, um, ending lifelong patterns of wrong choices and abuse. And you're referring um, especially to your divorce <laughs> and what you learned along the way. So if we're going to call in our soulmate for everlasting love, what's been your journey and what did you learn on that journey around that topic? Well, um, I learned, like I said, I talked about wrong choices, <laughs> a life of wrong choices. And, um, but when I, when I got divorced, I really made the decision that it wasn't going to, I wasn't going to spend my time looking at the other person. There wasn't anything about blame. It wasn't about, you know, what someone did to me or, or anything like that. I knew that what I had to do, but basically I was 59 when I got divorced and I just thought, oh my gosh, I don't have 10 years to spend in therapy on this. <laughs> I, you know, because I didn't want to be, you know, 69. Um, I wanted to do this while I was still vital enough to enjoy a good relationship. So I said, I don't have 10 years. So I, um, and, and I also said to myself, I don't want to come back and do it in my next lifetime right. again. <laughs> it's right. got to be done this lifetime. So I, I spent what I call my year in the underworld. And that included things like looking at my family patterns. Um, because, you know, what we think of as normal when we're children is often what we repeat. Hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I think all humans have flaws. We all do the best we can, but we don't always get the best examples set for us. True. Um, so I went and I did this deep dive into all my memories, into all my relationships, into looking at what was common among them, into looking what I believed about what I deserved. And I will tell you, I've never, ever been a depressive person. I've never, ever sunk to the level of being suicidal. But I did tell one of my um, healers that I was working with, I said, you know, I I never understood what it was like to have that level of despair, but I feel like I'm walking among those people as I look at all this stuff. Mm. So I knew I had gone down into the real depths yeah. to look at it. And I knew that's what I had to do uh, was get real. Yeah. Was get real about it. It's, it's very hard um, to attract and have that vibrational energetic level to attract our ideal soulmate when we haven't done our own work, isn't it? I think it's true. I think it's true. And, you know, a lot of us, we settle. Yes. And that's what I did. I settled. Um, and, and I actually knew I settled. <laughs> but I didn't think I could do any better because I didn't believe that I deserved it. And, mm -hmm. and again, it's, it's the stories we tell ourselves that keep ourselves small. Or that keep ourselves feeling like we are something less than what we are. Right. Well, you also were married um, previously with an interesting, um, an interesting ending. Right. You had some surprises along the way. Can yes. you talk about that a little bit? Yes. So I was um, married for twelve years together. We were together fifteen years total, um, and. I thought I had married like the world's nicest guy. Um, but what it turned out to be was that the world's nicest guy was a disguise <laughs> for, and, and it was a pattern of something called the covert narcissist. Mm. And we hear a lot about narcissists lately and uh, gaslighting is, is being talked about a lot more, but the covert version is actually very hard to recognize because covert, right? <laughs> yes, covert. Uh, yeah. Because there is this sense of being the world's nicest person, uh, whether it's in a male or female. Um, it's it's the signs are really, really, really hidden. It's not like what we think of as a narcissist as being kind of like full of themselves or grandiose. There's none of that going on. Okay. So what There's are some this, of the signs? Tell me. Um. Well, uh, there is, um, uh, there's, they're, they're kind of subtle and they're really hard to 
notice and it's something that you have to kind of see um upfront and personal like someone who's not in a primary relationship with one of these people is never going to notice them but for me for instance i noticed that uh, my ex would get on a phone call with family members and never ask about them it would always go right into uh talking about himself mm. um i also noticed that there was this pattern of saying nice things to me and then saying mean things to me and then i would when i would ask about why they would say something they say what do you mean i love you so, you know, that's a, that's a pattern that um, they call hoovering. They they um, are mean to you, but then they are super sweet and hoover, they hoover you back in like the vacuum cleaner. Mm. <laughs> they, they've named it for the vacuum cleaner. Um, and and there was a lot of crazy making. Uh, wow. A lot of crazy making. And as long as I reacted, the crazy making would continue. It was when I stopped reacting that um, that behavior would stop. For instance, he would run uh, red lights like from way far back so that we were in the middle of the intersection when it turned red. And I would go, what are you doing? You're taking our lives in our hands. And every time I would say that, he would just start running the, red, the lights from further back. And then one day I just he ran almost a red light and I just didn't do I didn't say a thing. And that was the last time he did it because he didn't get the rise out of me. Wow. That's interesting. Interesting. And that's so, how I started figuring out that something wasn't right. Right. So, so after that relationship concluded, right? As you said, like 12, 15 years, right? What do you take away from that that now helps you? Because I know that you do a lot of soul work to help others to call in their soulmate. Mm -hmm. um, finding true healthy and everlasting love so what did you take away that you now bring into your work with your clients well for the very soulful empathic people that you know attracting people like that is actually kind of a danger hmm. one of the things I learned after this was if you google narcissist and empath google will give you 65,000 returns oh my gosh <laughs> That's how common that. <laughs> that's how common that pairing is. Um, so uh, you know, someone who is is looking to be the center of attention is going to want somebody who is naturally giving and naturally putting other people first. Right. So one of the things I learned and and have really I real feel really strongly about is that it's absolutely necessary to give to yourself first and this is not selfish and this is not becoming a narcissist right this is about filling yourself um filling your cup yeah so that you can then receive ex from others what you're giving to yourself and then have enough after you've filled your own cup and receive from others to give back yeah so yeah. giving from an empty cup does not help no. It does not, it's not bring you love. It does not bring you happiness. It doesn't bring you actually kind of anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, even when we go, you know, when we're on an airline or we're traveling, right, they always do the safety demonstration. Put exactly. On first, right, before helping others. Because if you're passed out, you're not going to be able to help your three-year-old. <laughs> right. And But we don't seem to apply this to other parts of our lives. And I like to, what I've often said to my hand-reading clients is, um, we because we think about energy, we don't think of it the same way as something tangible. If you have an, if you want to give somebody a loaf of bread, you have to have a loaf of bread, right? But if you want to give somebody energy, you don't think about do I have the energy to give it? You just think you're supposed to give. Oh, love that example. Um, when you were talking earlier on about you know you felt this calling like you had to go, um, I had been at my my Reiki teacher. Um, getting some um getting some reiki healing and at the end of the session i was putting my coat on um and we were just talking about my next session date and my uh, she started talking oh you know, i'm giving a reiki um level one class on saturday and my hands literally started vibrating i'm like i think i'm supposed to be oh, they're doing it now i think i'm supposed to be there <laughs> exactly yeah. And that morning of the first class, um, 
I my husband was sleeping in, so I'd gone into the to the bathroom, grabbed my stuff. Um, it was you know it was dark still. It was winter time, I think. Um, and I left early, and I put my bracelet on, and I had been wearing this leather wrapped bracelet that my son had given me uh, for Mother's Day the year before, and it was a it had been a challenging year, and the words that were on the bracelet and in, embedded in silver were things like. Um, be brave, be bold, um, speak your truth, all of those kind of powerful words. And I used to wear it with the words facing in, which was reminding me, because I was calling on that strength at the time. And when I got to the Reiki class and I looked down, I actually had put it on backwards and it was now all the words were facing out. And I thought, hmm, isn't that interesting? I wonder if that means, you know, it's time for me to start like sharing because I have enough strength now to start sharing with other people. And um, my Reiki Reiki teacher confirmed that that was highly likely. <laughs> so, I love that. I yeah. love that. So the, the handwriting piece, you now combine with the not settling piece, doing your own deep work. And then also there's a piece about storytelling. Tell yes. me about that. So I, I am, I love telling stories. I do these story slams where I get up on stage. Some people may have heard of the moth, um, the moth radio hours on public radio in the, uh, in the United States and they have a podcast. Um, and it's where you have to tell true stories about yourself. And so I, um, I have, I've actually gone up and told some of my, uh, my war stories up there, but also I, you know, as once I got into the storytelling, I realized that I have been doing the storytelling piece when I read people's hands forever. Uh, when I sit down with people, literally within five minutes of me talking to them about what I've seen, I hear over and over, how do you know this about me? How do you know this about me? So always what I'm doing is weaving together their story. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, in the hero's journey, which is a classic story framework, yeah. you know, you, you come in, you have some thing you're, you're here to do some purpose or some mission. And then there's an obstacle or a challenge and you need to work out that challenge to become a better version of you and get to the happy ending. Right. And that's exactly what's in your hands because your fingerprints talk about this, the mission you came to fulfill your purpose. What's the thing you brought into this world that no one else can, can do. Think about it. Everybody has a unique set of fingerprints, not even identical twins have the same fingerprints. Mm. So, you know, everybody's got something unique. And this is one of my real strong beliefs is that we, and we need to recognize that about ourselves and, and love ourselves for being different instead of hiding it and then the second thing i see in the fingerprints is what people came to learn so there's the obstacle and then what's the story that's in there is how do you turn the obstacle into the happy ending right and so hmm. i sit with people and we we work out that happy ending but it's always about the story um and so i you know, we, we all have stories. We tell ourselves about what we can do, what we can't do, who we are, who we're not. And sometimes what I see in the hands is, is or what I talk about with, with my clients is how some of those stories aren't exactly correct or how they're not serving them or how to reframe them so they see it in a new way. Is it true, right? Right, the, is it true? What's yes. What's the evidence? Right. right? Or what, or what could what could this also mean? What could also be true about it? Yeah, great because, questions, deep questions. Yeah, because in every, I believe that everything contains its opposite, which is one of my metaphysical beliefs from my studies. So if if there's a challenge there, and you believe there's something wrong with yourself, the other version of it is in there too. It's mm -hmm. just a matter of finding the the sweet spot. Yeah, one of the um, the concepts that I bring to light in my uh, book, best-selling book, Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations, is uh, putting the spotlight on David Cooper writer's work, which is all about this concept of appreciative inquiry. So instead of saying, well, what's wrong? What's not working? And starting there, which 
is useful, right? I mean, Michael Lozier, Law of Attraction, it has this concept of the clarity through contrast. So uh-huh. when we're when we're in this place where we we don't know what we want, we're in pain, we know what we don't want. Uh-huh. So sometimes it's useful to start there and say, well, what I don't want, especially when it comes to relationships, right? What I don't want is this, 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 because that's what I've experienced in the past and didn't work for me. Right. Um, so then flipping it and saying, okay, well, if I don't want that, what's the opposite of that? Yes. Well, the opposite yeah. is, you know, a kind, loving relationship, you know, someone who always shows up when they say they're going to follow through on their promises, you know, right. is genuine in their compliments, for example. Um, so clarity through contrast is one of his concepts that um, I had coffee with him and gave me permission to quote in the book. But the David Cooper writer work around appreciative inquiry is where we start with the conversation of what's working really well. Uh-huh. So inquiring into what's working well and then appreciating uh-huh. what could be even better. Right. So that's, well, that, those are the two, you know, two out of his four questions I use all the time in my work. What's working really well? How could it be even better? And oh, it's really it, interesting. Because it's that positive energy, right? Right. Well, what you what that's reminding me of and what's really interesting to me is a lot of times when I talk to people about the thing that's so meaningful that's in their fingerprints that they're that they're a natural at. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people just don't understand that that's like a superpower mm-hmm. because it's too easy for them. Right. Because it comes naturally. I, I've had people say, isn't everybody like that? I'm like, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. And yeah. then. To, to talk, speak to the other thing you said about the, you know, what's not working. A lot of times what I've been known to say to people is a lot of times in order to find out what we want um, or what, what it, you know, what our purpose is or what our, what we're searching for, we have to find, go through periods of figuring out what it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just as powerful because, you know, we have yin and yang. We have, you know, right. Um, right you can't know, computer programming right? Um, right you can't know what night is if or day is if you didn't know night exactly yeah so those are a couple of concepts so if you're listening um, and, and you're intrigued about this topic of calling in your soulmate for everlasting love you know certainly there's a few wisdom nuggets that you know i'm hearing coming through in leslie's work um i hope you're finding what i'm sharing valuable there's certainly you know, another 39 concepts in the book, <laughs> which is an audio book, um, a, a PDF ebook, and also a, an actual physical book on Amazon as well. The audio book is on all sound. So Leslie has some videos that I'll put in the show notes as well, talking about the, the heart line. What's your communication? Sorry, what's your connection style? So there's lots more to learn. And I am so intrigued about this whole topic of, you know, using soulmate connection code, using your soul purpose astrology, your hand analysis for your life purpose. Like, How do you weave all these things together? Because oh, it's fascinating, Leslie. It is fascinating. And, and actually, the soul purpose astrology is a different way of reading the natal chart that I came up with because... For centuries, you would have come up these books where they would try to overlay palmistry on uh, or astrology on palmistry on hands. Mm-hmm. And they don't they don't match up. Okay. It was like a like they were trying to force it, and it didn't work. And I was like, "There's got to be in order for these systems to all be true, they all have to kind of come and back and say the same thing because you can't have one system say somebody's one way and another system say they're they're completely different." Right. So I search for ways to look through the chart to say, where are the matches between what's in somebody's fingerprints, between what's in their, for instance, their heart line, their connection style. Um, and where is that in the chart? So that, and, and I presented this to my, um, to the gentleman who came up with the hand analysis system. And he looked at me and he said, I think you've done something that nobody else has been able to do for hundreds of years. Um, so to me, it's it's important that they weave together because they you can't have one thing disproving another. They have to match. It's got to be truth, right? Right. Just like if you take you know a quiz and you say, oh my god, they totally got me. Then 
And then you take another quiz and you go, oh yeah, that got me too. Those quizzes are going to have some truth to them because they're still describing you. And then you take one and you go, where did that's in left field. Where did that come from? I don't relate to that at all. Right. You might go, well, that system isn't working. Yeah. Interesting. But the, these systems have been around, a lot of them have been around forever. Thousands of years. So what do you think it is now that is causing people to be generally more open to some of these, um, you know, sometimes it's about you know Eastern concepts like meditation and bringing in you know kundalini energy and yoga and different practices sometimes it's about understanding more about um, numerology about astrology about the physics and flow like what is causing this shift you think oh well uh, is it okay if i talk astrology with that sure um, so, you know, there's a lot of people who feel like, um, you know, they talked about the age of Aquarius back in the seventies, but there's a lot of astrologers, me including, who believe that the age of Aquarius just happened. Um, so Pluto is about to enter Aquarius, the furthest out planet, um, in the, uh, in the end of Okay, I'm <laughs> not good with numbers, but um, with dates. But in the last two years, uh, we had Jupiter and Saturn both um, conjoined in Aquarius on the same day mm -hmm. uh, at the in the in the first degree of Aquarius. So uh, Aquarius is the sign of the future. We've been in the in this Capricornian. Saturn and Capricorn forever, which is kind of heavy. It's rules. It's and you know um, some of the same uh, uh, Capricornian um, things that were going on during COVID mm -hmm. were it were happening at the same time as the plague. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's like, oh my God, history repeats itself. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, with it, with every shift there's a sort of a backlash toward the last one so this one's been kind of about duty responsibility taking care of business um shouldering responsibilities and now aquarius comes in and it's creative it's inventive it's about the future it's like okay um when i know it seems kind of strange but right after we had the conjunction of jupiter and saturn Ford announced that F-150 Lightning truck where you could drive it around and then you could plug in all your tools if you're a contractor. Or, and you know, my feeling was, oh my God, you know, when the electricity goes out in the house, you just plug into your truck. You had a <laughs> generator. Because you could run like tools for hours. And to me, this was like, oh my God, that's so Aquarian. Right. That's so Aquarian. That's so future oriented to me. Yeah. Interesting. And I love working with that energy. I love working when I see people who have Aquarian life type of purposes in their hands because yeah. it's about bringing in the new. The future is always about the new. When you're doing the same old, same old, you're staying, you know, you're staying in the present. You're not growing. I suspect that um, as well, you know, this, the impact of COVID, yeah. right? Where everybody got, everybody got sort of, you know, thrown in the same ocean. Although mm -hmm. some of the, you know, some people had different resources, right? So some had, um, you know, a, a, a big yacht, some had a, a rubber <laughs> ring, and some had a raft. And, you know, your ability to bounce back a lot of times is based on your past experiences and what your resilience level has been. You know, how much risk are you willing to absorb? How willing are you to take a step without seeing the whole path? Um, and so when everyone was put into this, this ocean, um, it caused us, I believe, to be very reflective about, you know, what we do want, what we don't want, how we want to restructure things, because everything got taken away, right? Or, or for many people, that's how they were describing it, right? Their regular life got taken away. Um, something was done to them versus them being actually part of the decision making and uh, life changed and everybody reacts differently to change. I yeah. generally get excited, to, excited by change. Well, so, I, you know, I think the same thing kind of happens right after 9-11. When, when something like big happens where there's this question about, oh, my God, is where life and death is involved. Yeah. That's when I think people start asking those bigger questions. 
because I had hung out my shingle to be a full-time practitioner Mm -hmm. um, just before 9-11. I, the, um, my job at, in the digital world (laughs) had gone away uh, because there had been the internet bubble burst. Right. And there weren't any jobs there. And I went, okay, well, I'll take my side hustle and see if I can make something of that. And then the two planes hit and people started going, oh my God, I have to really think about my life now. Right. So I do think when the question of life and death comes up is when people start to ask the bigger questions, it's like, oh no, I don't want to like leave this earth without doing something meaningful. Yep. Absolutely. So that's um, very much the thinking in my world this week, (laughs) right? Because there's lots going on, lots of change, lots of shift, lots of expansion, lots of opportunities as, uh, uh, as I pack up and start moving house. So those are some of the things that I think all pull together, you know, doing um, this work for your own reflection, getting super clear on what it is that you want next. How are you going to build that life? How are you going to identify the qualities in your ideal soulmate so that you can have everlasting love? Is there any other pieces of the work that you do that lead right into that? Anything that you can speak to in the way of, I don't want you to break confidence, obviously, but any stories in particular that put the spotlight on how these things all merge together in your work? Um, well, I don't know about how they merge together, but I mean, I could tell stories about examples of how they have worked. Okay. Um, well, one of my favorite stories that just illustrates the power of the fingerprints, uh, I was doing an event where, um, people would just come and sit down with me for five or 10 minutes. And then I would do another five or 10 minutes. So we didn't have a time to do a dialogue. I didn't know any of the people who were sitting down for the most part. Mm -hmm. And I didn't ask them anything. I just had them put their hands out and I would see what I say, what I saw. So I had a lady sit down with me and I told her that she came in with a lot of artistic talent and that I felt she should be working in the arts. And I asked her at the end, I said, is there anything you want to say to me? And she said, well, yes, I'm getting a divorce. And I have been, uh, part of my settlement is getting retraining because I've been working as a server in a school cafeteria and that's not going to support me. Right. He said, so they sent me to a career counselor and he gave me those battery of tests. And I knew those tests. I had mm-hmm. been given those tests in the past myself. Yep. And she said, he told me I was supposed to be in the arts and I didn't believe him. Hmm. And so she said, so I came to you <laughs> and I told her the same thing. <laughs> and you just repeated what the strong inventory told her, right? Well, I didn't need her to take the whole battery of tests. It was right there on her body. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I love about it being on your body. Um, yeah. Uh, in my own world. Um, so I, I, there are four fingerprint types. And I, you mentioned earlier, Jung's four functions. There's thinking, feeling, being, and doing. And the four fingerprint types correspond to that. And I happen to um, be primarily feeling Mm -hmm. fingerprints, um, which interestingly enough, the the loop fingerprint, which is associated with feeling, is the most common fingerprint. And and that's just from statistics from law enforcement. Mm. Um, And I have a theory about why that is. I think we need more people to be getting in touch with their feelings. I think if we've been avoiding them for too many generations and the world needs us to get more in touch with it for us to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think more souls are being born with that um, um, task because the person with the feeling fingerprints, they're here to learn to be okay with their feelings and to express them in a healthy manner. Right. Uh, but also they have the, the, it's the part about relating. Yeah. And so for me, uh, having that fingerprint as my primary, I think it's absolutely clear <laughs> why I'm supposed to be doing the work with people with their soulmates. The thing I came to learn was to have better boundaries, which is another thing I think is really important for people to learn in order to be able to have healthy relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. Knowing when it feels like you're settling and Mm -hmm. 
being able to identify and articulate and have that conversation, super powerful, super yes. powerful. And certainly when it comes to the um, the different personality codes, <clears throat> um, as you know, you know, one of the primary ones, the uh, primary systems that I use, which is very quick, very easy, takes 90 seconds to learn more about your own preferred communication style um, mm -hmm. and the three others, it's really given me a different lens to look at how I how I personally communicate, why I respond the way I do to certain other personality types. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even in my my uh, relationship with my hubby, you know, why does he respond and react the, the way that he does on certain topics? Right. And when we know how the other person likes to process information, when we know what their values are, mm -hmm. it just gives us a way better opportunity to have a, um, a connected conversation with them. Because if right. we know how they want to receive the information and what they value, then we can present that information. So at least they've heard it. People are smart. They can make their own decision. But right. if they haven't even heard the message, then we're not going to connect quickly. Um, and that's part of the work I do with with my clients, which is you know, part of partly bringing in concepts from um, you know, Words, Women and Wisdom, the modern art of confident conversations, bringing in work from the um, personality intelligence methodologies that I've been trained in, and then pulling that all together for connected communications. Because when women entrepreneurs can clearly articulate the results that they get, not only what they get, but who they are attracting to work with them and why, then we can have that more connected conversation right from the beginning. And people very quickly can decide to either select in or select out if they're right. not interested in that topic. If I say, you know, I work with women entrepreneurs who are seeking to flourish and you're not a woman entrepreneur seeking to flourish, you're going to self-select out and say, oh, well, that's interesting. Next topic, right? Right. <laughs> or if right. you're a guy, you know, next topic, right? Right, right. Well, and I think that's, you know, it's more even true, not just with words and communications, but we communicate in our actions as well. Yeah. And how we treat each other. Um, yeah. In, in all the ways. There's actually uh, chapter eight in, in the book, which talks about when no words are required. Mm -hmm. So how do we, how do we demonstrate confidence? How do we um, show up with that? energetic presence that's embodying what we're saying so right. that we're not you know talking about one thing and talking about our strength and then we've got our head on one side like <laughs> in nature go for the jugular right so you know it's not a very confident stance um, right you know showing right. up where you know even wearing collar wearing a jacket with a collar just adds that extra level of of um formality that you are leading this conversation versus being asked to, you know, go get coffee for somebody because they didn't realize that you were chairing the meeting. Um, and, you know, some of those kind of concepts. And as you shared, yeah, it's about, you know, how do you make decisions and what do you tolerate or not tolerate? How do you let people treat right. you or not treat you? Yeah, right. absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Holding the space, right? Saying excuse yeah. me and just and letting the silence do the heavy lifting to cause someone to say, oh, whoops, I've overstepped or that wasn't clear or that wasn't very nice or polite or that wasn't you know, supportive um, just by saying two words, excuse me. And, and yeah, and it, right. The yeah. silence. Does and the I'm sure in business as in relationships, it's important that the actions and the words are um, congruent. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So part of the, um, Part of the power behind that book, um, I wrote it back in 2018. So it was right on the uh, cusp of the, you know, the Me Too movement and women standing up and speaking out and refusing to be downtrodden. And um, when a lot of actresses were actually taking the floor and taking the microphone, um, and it felt it was important that at that time when women were rising up, that they have the tools to be able to practice some of these concepts and bringing together you know, 197 different reference points of things that I'd learned along the way, along my journey to help other women to be able to ask for what you want and get it. Not by being uh, uh, aggressive, but by being assertive and then talking and backing up what you're saying with actual real results. So if you're talking about 
um, going to ask for a promotion or going to ask for a salary increase, why would they want, why would they give you a salary increase? You know, what's the what's the backup? What's the evidence that you have earned that already? Because no one's going to give you a promotion and a bigger job unless you've already demonstrated that you're competent with the one that you have, <laughs> right? So, yeah, interesting. So we've talked to quite a bit about calling in your soulmate for everlasting love, which was the topic for today's conversation. And certainly when it comes to Valentine's Day, um, love and bringing in your soulmate is on a lot of people's minds. So if you're intrigued to do more work with Leslie to find out a little bit more about what she's up to, um, where is the best way that they can keep in touch with you, Leslie? Um, they can find me uh, at my website, which is my name, lesliesemanick.com. They can find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Um, I also have the YouTube channel called Hand Readers Guild. Hand Readers uh, Guild, okay. Hand Readers Guild is the channel. Um, I do have a wonderful Valentine's Day. It was streamed a year ago, actually, Valentine's Day, um, on the four heart lines, the four heart line types, and how to know what, uh, how to get what you need in relationships. Now, is that, um, a, free, is that a free gift or something that you'd well, like to offer to the audience? That's up, that's up there um, for anyone to, to see. I also do have a free PDF download called Breakthrough Your Blocks. And that actually teaches people how to identify their the four fingerprint types and which of the four types they are the uh, the thinker the the feeler the beer or the doer and we I call them um, in the system they're called um, wisdom um, peace service and love mm, beautiful. beautiful so wisdom is the thinker. Um, love is the feeler, peace is the beer, and service is the doer. And everybody is one of those, and some people are walking around with two of those. In and basically, we say that that's that's how you get experience. Absolutely. And I I say for entrepreneurs, it's also the experience you've had that you get to bring to your clients. Super. So the the handwriters guild, hand readers guild. And Readers Guild. And then there's a, and there's a Facebook group called the Hand Readers Guild, which people can join. They have okay. to answer the questions to join. But there's, it's just a few. Super. And then also, if you're um, listening to this, but you just got a link and you didn't get the full spelling, um, Leslie, L-E-S-L-I-E, and then last name, uh, Zemanek, Z-E-M-E-N-E-K. Mm-hmm. And, and dot com dot com okay so break through your blocks sounds like a great free gift yes and if you're thinking you know this sounds really interesting i would love to understand a little bit more about the whole topic of hand reading um leslie is definitely an intriguing girl to get to know to get to connect with i encourage you to stay in touch to reach out with her and find out more about the work that she's doing especially if you're wanting to call in your soulmate for everlasting love and you're ready to do your own inner work that is really an essential ingredient to be able to attract energetically, vibrationally, the person of your dreams. Yeah. So today has been talking about um, topics related to Valentine's. If you would like to keep in touch with me, you can certainly reach out to do so on LinkedIn, Yvonne Silver, um, Yvonne E.L. Silver is on uh, LinkedIn. You can reach out through my website, YvonneSilver.com. And also reach out and let me know what you found most interesting about this conversation today, because I have a free gift as well. I have a portion of my book that I'm more than happy to send out to you. Actually, chapter eight, that when no words are required, is available as a PDF. So reach out connect with me on Facebook, connect with me through LinkedIn. Let me know that you'd like a copy of that. And if you want the full full book, you can just go onto Amazon and pick up a copy either in a PDF format, uh, ebook or in the hard copy. And if you're an audiobook person, busy woman entrepreneur, you can go to or sound, A-W-E-S-O-U-N-D, and uh, pick up the audiobook version, which is in my lilting British accent. I read it myself. So 
Thank you for joining me today. Anything final that you wanted to add, Leslie, for the listeners and around this whole topic of calling in your soulmate for everlasting love? Um, I believe that we all deserve to be loved and loved completely without having to compromise or settle. It's available to everyone. Uh, it's just, it. yes, there's some work to, to do it, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. That's all I can say. <laughs> it's really worth it. Yeah, um, and, and once you do that work, it takes no time at all. It's as if you've opened the door and there they are. Yeah. Well, I talked a little bit earlier on, um, but I don't think I shared the story of, you know, how I attracted my husband, um, which was actually following on from a, a book that I've been working on with my clients called Attracting the Perfect Customer, The Power of Strategic Synchronicity. And the four questions in that book that are designed to give you clarity around your ideal client, what makes them tick, what you might have to do differently in order to attract them, what they expect of you, those types of questions. I crossed out perfect client and put perfect guy and used the same questions. And actually, my, my, my now husband showed up two weeks later. Uh-huh. So when you have that clarity, it's incredible what happens because the universe now puts the spotlight on helping you to see new opportunities in different ways, see people showing up in different ways that you hadn't before because your eyes are now open, your reticular activating system is now working and clarity, clarity, clarity is key. That's part of the powerful work that I do, which is working with my women entrepreneur clients to give them the clarity to be able to ask for what they want and get it, to be clear with your services, clear with your results, clear with the impact you're making, and then ask for what you want and bring in that element of service so that your clients clearly know what results you can deliver. Right. And so it's been lovely to be sharing today with Leslie, learning more about how she weaves together being a hand analyst, bringing in storytelling, the stories that we tell ourselves, doing that inner work, and uh, and also being a poodle mama. Love that. <laughs> yeah, my poodle did not make an appearance. <laughs> no, he didn't. So thank you for joining me for this special Valentine's Day edition, Leslie. And thank you for having me. Stay in touch and make sure that you stay in touch with Leslie, lesliezemanek.com and on my website, ivonsilva.com. And I look forward to seeing you at the next edition of the Words, Women and Wisdom radio show. Bye for now, everybody. Ladies, a new book is on the horizon. Words, Women and Wisdom, the modern art of confident conversations. This new book is for women ready to rediscover their inner confidence, take a stand for themselves in life and business by using more powerful language. Words are so powerful and already changed history. On October 5th, the New York Times published a story detailing decades of allegations of sexual harassment against film producer Harvey Weinstein. And numerous women in the entertainment industry found the courage to go public, banding together with a powerful voice that change is long overdue. Even Oprah Winfrey, television network icon, gave a rousing speech at the Golden Globe Awards in January. The media has showcased the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund. The Me Too movement is flourishing and all signaling it's time for women's equality and change. I believe it's time to give women the verbal agility to create more confident conversations. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations is the book which provides practical approaches for women to ask for what we really want and receive our request. Hello, I'm Yvonne Silver, Certified Executive Coach and Senior HR Professional, seasoned in business. I teach women to flourish in business by using more confident language to help empower and engage others. 
This book is the result of over 35 years of my career, professional career, working in four different countries. I've interviewed over 6,000 people in my career for job interviews, executive coaching, for sales and consulting conversations. And I've listened to hundreds of women in particular who are looking for a better way to collaborate. They're looking to be uh, asking for what they really want and heard and validated, especially in business. And women often earn less than men for doing exactly the same job. It's 2018. It's time for change. The modern art of confident conversations explores words we use at home, at work. Words that trip us up, elevate us and encourage us. And when no words are even required. It is about how to leverage the power of words in a positive, in a collaborative and impactful way. Now I work with women entrepreneurs and leaders who are empowering other women and leading through mentorship programs and my coaching, public speaking, interviews and writing. I'm passionate about women's equality. Why? I grew up in England in a house with a flow of negative comments from my father which destroyed my mum's dignity until she became an empty shell of the vibrant woman she'd once been, belittled by constant criticism and questioning of her abilities. Through my own life journey and supporting hundreds of female clients, I've discovered critical words to ask to get what we really want collaboratively. I know there are critical links between our language, our behavior, our mindset and our success in life. Words from a song can replay in our head for hours and poetry can bring a lump in our throats. I've combined my insights with interviews from influential women, sharing their pearls of wisdom, supplemented with research and reference studies from established scholars. Women are rising up. It's time for women to be heard. Let's use more powerful, positive language and join the rising tide of change. This book is for you a woman looking to the future, ready to embrace significant positive changes in your life by using more confident language. Eliminate those words that drain your power, add words that energize and invigorate and shift from ordinary to extraordinary. Just one word can change your life. I believe every woman needs their own copy of this powerful book. It's time for action and time for change. Order and reserve your own copy of Words, Women and Wisdom today.